Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Kohler. They design innovative sinks and faucets for people who do their best work in the kitchen. So a couple of weeks ago, during one of our proof staff meetings, I asked everyone a question. What is the taste you associate with childhood? Brown rice with soy sauce, just like straight and soy sauce. The first thing that came to mind was honeysuckle because um, I grew up very rural and we used to have like honeysuckle like on this fence that lined my granddad and my grandma's house. In Japan, you know, during the summers, it's really hot. And so we'd always make shaved ice. These grape flavored lollipops that were for like sore throats. Did you have a lot of sore throats when you were a kid? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay, for me, it's a kind of an embarrassing answer. Well, it's not embarrassing. I really like it. It's KFC. We ate it as our special occasion meal once a month. And those 11 herbs and spices, they are forever embedded in my taste memory. Now, when we asked this question to proof contributor Camilo Garcon, who grew up in Colombia, his answer? Ants. I remember in my teenage years, around 15, going with both my father and sister to the Departamento de Santander. That's the state in Colombia where both of my grandmothers are from. My maternal grandma is from Belis, and my paternal abuela from El Socorro. Both are in the southern part of Santander. And I remember eating these hormigas, these ants, and I would eat them kind of like peanuts. In Santander, you just grab a bag from a store and then get a handful of them to enjoy a great source of protein. And it's actually quite tasty. The ants can be an inch long, they have different shades of red and brown, and have long wings. But those wings get removed in the process of preparing them for consumption. On my first visit to Santander during my middle school years, I learned about how eating the ants is this pre-Hispanic and indigenous food tradition that had existed there for centuries from the peoples known as the Guane. The Guane inhabited large parts of Santander and used to eat these ants. It's likely that I'm at least distantly related to the Guane. This is because their territories extended to the parts of Santander my family comes from and my great-grandma actually fits part of the physical resemblance of the Guane. So eating these ants, it's kind of part of your ancestry. What exactly do they taste like? They have this texture a bit like mollusks or shrimp do before you get to the good stuff. They're salty and full of a savory taste. My grandfather, Luis Eduardo, used to love these ants, which we call hormigas colonas here. He would get them from mercados in Bogotá and he would eat them as a delicacy, already salted. My grandpa used to say that he liked the culonas, which means a big behind, also for some of the same reasons he liked my grandma, because she was also broad hept. But in all seriousness, he would say that the ants, like my grandma, were berracas, echadas palante, strong will, and always moving forward. My grandmother Sarah, though? Ay, no me gusta. No te gusta? No, no me gusta ni, ve no me gustaba ni verlas. She really, really dislikes these ants. ¿Por qué? Me daba fastidio. Me dieron a probar algo y me pareció tan tan feo, tan feo que no 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 lo creí yo you know, y nunca más. They're ugly, she says, and she doesn't even like looking at them. 
My grandma's reaction isn't actually an uncommon sentiment within the Colombian population. It has to do with legacies of European colonization and how indigenous histories and languages are still rejected and often erased. What she did here is what I even do sometimes, an inherited Eurocentric and Spaniard assimilation attitude that neglects the parts of us that link us to our indigenous and mixed past. But eating these hormigas culonas is actually one of the only remaining vestiges of this guane tradition. So that's part of the reason, beyond the tasty texture and taste, why I love these ants. But the ants, their numbers, have been dwindling. Around spring 2020, I started seeing a few reports from Colombian outlets about how the ants weren't coming out in the numbers that they were supposed to. Typically, they would emerge from the ground around the week after Semana Santa, or Holy Week which coincides with the start of the rainy season. But an agricultural administrator who was seeing the changes back in 2020 told El Tiempo newspaper that 20 years ago, you could get seven pounds of ants per season. Now, you would get fewer than two. I needed to go and find out for myself what was happening to these delicious insects. Many people I talked to cited the changing climate as a reason for the ants' decline. So I wondered, could there be a future where hormigas culonas won't exist anymore? Today on Proof from America's Test Kitchen, the case of the vanishing ants and what these winged creatures mean for the past, present, and future of Colombia. I'm Kevin Pang. Stick around. Reporter Camilo Garçon brings us today's story. I started my reporting trip from the city I grew up in, the capital city that's referred to as being 2,640 meters closer to the stars. It was the first time I was back in Bogotá since 2018. I always have felt a complicated sense of exhilaration, dread, and joy to be back. Colombia is a country that has endured long-standing civil unrest at the same time that it's become one of the most vibrant economies and recognized tech and education hubs in Latin America. So when I got there, I was expecting the airport to be as hectic, bureaucratic, and slow as it had been forever. But once I stepped into immigration, it was fast. I was asked about my occupation and was told, Bienvenido a casa. And off I went. I was home. Once I stepped out of El Dorado Airport, the good old cold air, known as the Chiflon, or was it the Sereno, greeted me. I felt like I was in two places at once, back in the Bay Area where I left the cold night air and on the ground in Bogota. My best buds from high school picked me up from the airport and we drove on to get a bite to eat at Donde Beto, a staple joint that is great after a hangover. After stuffing down a big hot dog topped with pineapple and a side of stick chips, we drove on and passed several traffic lights where you could see families with kids asking for money while the cars were parked. They are part of the millions of internally displaced peoples who have left their homes in rural areas to come to the city. 
They're escaping violence and instability by various groups like the paramilitaries and what used to be known as the FARC or the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia before the peace treaty from 2016. That's on top of a whole host of other factors, including environmental impacts from massive deforestation and infrastructure development that takes place in the country. Even the movie Encanto had its emotional center related to this forced migration, a story that is present in most Colombian families. My grandmother, Sara, the one who doesn't like the Culonas, also fled persecution from a guerrilla group called La Chusma and migrated from Bele Santander, where she was born, to other parts of Santander since age five. After wolfing down our junk food, I went to my friend Ivan's apartment where I would be staying for a few days. I would stay there until it was time to travel to Santander, where the hormigas culonas and the cultural tradition from the Guane have their origin. I had been in contact for months with farmers, experts, sellers, journalists, to be able to talk to them in person about what was going on with the disappearing ants. So with all this excitement and the prospects ahead, I closed my eyes and was asleep in no time. The first source I met in Bogotá was someone I encountered through a friend of my aunt Margarita's. My name is Aniceto Prada. Velasco, nací en Bucaramanga el 15 de abril de 1950. Aniceto lives in Bogotá, but was born in Bucaramanga, Santander, in the eastern ridge of the northern Colombian Andes. When he was a boy, he used to play with ants and gather them from a cemetery during the rainy season. Y lo que recuerdo de las hormigas es que eso era como una competencia de niños porque empezaba uno por ahí ocho nueve años a ir a, a los hormigueros. Aniceto remembers competing against other kids to grab as many ants as possible after soccer practice. As a teenager, he would go to cemeteries in Bucaramanga around April, May, and grab the ants, only when rain would happen and the mornings would be greeted by a warmer, sunny day. Back when Aniceto was a kid and would collect the ants, they came out in good numbers. Si salían muchas, uno llevaba un costal de fique, de una fibra natural, y con esa tapaba y coja y coja y coja. He would use a cotton bag for bread and a fique bag, similar to hemp, that his mom would weave for him. And he would grab the ants and hand back them in there before the ants would bite him. But recently, those conditions are not what they used to be. And speaking to Aniceto reminded me of a not-so-distant past in which going out to get ants was a fun and easy thing to do with friends after soccer, perdón, football practice. As I said goodbye to Aniceto, I headed back to my friend's apartment and began to pack for Santander. Throughout the next couple of days, I would come to realize that Aniceto's fiki and cotton bags were a significant detail. I didn't know it at the time, but after chatting with historian Angelica Maria Diaz Vázquez, who leads the Museo Guane, I would come to learn that Aniceto might have been carrying on an indigenous Guane tradition in more than one way. Entonces, se tejían unos grandes textiles, que uno de las maravillas de nuestros textiles guanes es que también hay evidencia de estos rodillos o pintaderas con diseños propios 
para estampar los textiles. Angélica told me that the Guane were adept at using cotton and fique to make all sorts of artifacts, textiles, and clothing. They were beautiful, and they used them to bury their dead in a journey to the afterlife. The Guane would also use cotton for everyday life, exactly the same way that Aniceto would use cotton bags to collect the ants. The connections between the Guane, the Colonas, and Colombians didn't end there. The word Guane in their indigenous language means skirt, tree, or lower part of the leaf. The Guane were adept at inhabiting the environment they were in, adapting and understanding the interdependency of their lives. When they fought the Spanish colonizers, they were known to poison their arrows. They ate the hormigas culonas. They were also amazing painters, as they developed the technology and the aesthetic to create formidable art like what is seen in Mesa de los Santos. And while we cannot have any conversations with the Guane, all we have left is the artifacts and the cultural practices like eating the culonas, using cotton bags to collect them, and to learn and communicate with what they have left us. As I thought about all of this, I couldn't wait to head to a town called San Gil in Santander in order to see the ants coming out. After the break, La Epoca de la Salida de las Hormigas Colonas, the tale of the emerging ants. You deserve a kitchen that works for you. Kohler sinks come in varying depths and basins so that you get your perfect fit. Their workstation sinks provide accessories to support all of your washing, rinsing, and storage needs. All of Kohler's sinks and faucets are designed to make your kitchen look its best while still getting your cooking goals accomplished. And what a relief that is, especially during the holidays. Visit Kohler.com to learn more. It's summer, and there's nothing like biting into sweet, juicy, peak-season fruit. I'm a huge fan of mangoes, hashtag Mangolasi, and my six-year-old helped plant strawberries this year. The strawberry fruit tarts we made have been so delicious. Lucky for me, OXO has a number of tools that will make it easier for my family to enjoy a bounty of fruit this summer. And OXO's strawberry huller will make it easy for my six-year-old to enjoy all those berries he'll gather from our yard or at least the ones the rabbits don't eat. Find your tools at OXO.com. Right now, OXO is offering a special discount for proof listeners. Just use the code ATK15 for 15% off on OXO.com. That's OXO.com. OXO, better guaranteed. Imagine this. You've been asked to host a few friends last minute to reconnect and just hang out. Of course, you say yes because that's just who you are. But immediately after committing to hosting, you remember, there needs to be something to eat. Enter Veroni's authentic Italian charcuterie. Veroni uses high-quality ingredients and slow production processes to illuminate flavors whenever you take a bite of their meats. The easy-to-open trays really come in handy when you're in a rush. And they even provide pre-made cheese and charcuterie boards with different pairing variations so you can mix and match as much as you please. So don't sweat your next get-together. Veroni is here to help you save the day. 
For more information on the Veroni family's recipes, artisanal techniques, and meats, visit Veroni.com. That's V-E-R-O-N-I.com. And now, back to our story. The days the Sábado Santo, or Holy Saturday, between what is known as Holy Friday, commemorating the death of Jesus, and Holy Sunday, his narrated resurrection. More importantly, it's around this time that the ants are supposed to emerge from the ground. As I drove the seven hours from Bogotá, passing through the Departamento de Boyacá, and once into Santander, I began thinking that as I chase the ants, I'm also chasing the migration paths that people from within Colombia and beyond travel. I realized that I was backtracking the same path my grandmother also took when leaving Santander to end up in Bogotá after she was an adult. People escaping political, economic, and climate-related strife in Venezuela take a similar route from Cúcuta, the Colombian frontier town, into Bogotá. They all make the journey one step at a time. As I reached the tiny house I rented in the town of San Gil, I entered and dropped my bags. I pretty much passed out after that long drive. That night, in between being asleep and awake, I started hearing tapping on the ceiling. Many of the ants live in underground tunnels where they live and eat fungi that they themselves farm and cultivate throughout the year. And after the rainy season comes, the female ants fly out from their nests to mate with the male ants. The result? The queen's bottoms get filled with eggs hence their name. It rained a lot that night. This was a good sign. The next morning was Holy Sunday, and that meant the ants were to maybe come out any day now. Another day went by, and on Monday morning, after sunlight started hitting the soil, I saw some ants come to my window. It wasn't just a few ants. A full line of smaller ants was walking on the windowsill, I grabbed my computer, got all the numbers of campesinos or farmers, and started calling and messaging them on WhatsApp. But there was radio silence. I was a bit deflated, because none of the campesinos I was in contact with were calling me. I was literally seeing these ants on my windowsill. But it turns out, the campesinos apparently didn't see enough of them to call me so we could go and collect them. I was freaking out a bit. You know, you're like, hey, the story is about ants, and if they don't come out, it of course is a story in its own right, but a sad one. But then, a photograph appears on my screen from Jimena Cáceres, who sells ants and other Santander gifts at the Deposito Carmenza Romero in town. It was a handful of big bottom ants. I put my phone down and booked it from the tiny house. After I found parking, I walked over to a spot where Jimena and the Deposito owner, Carmenza, were selling ants. And there they were. The famed and notorious Hormigas Culonas. Alive, in a bucket, and in a quantity that I had never seen before. I hear Jimena selling the ants to a customer. One pound of ants for 75,000 Colombian pesos. That's about 17 or 18 bucks. Una ganga, as we say. A promo. A good deal. Qué buenas hormigas. Sí, están bien vivitas. 
Gracias, Jimena. Bueno, listo. I go and interview Carmenza, who has been working for over two decades selling ants and Santanderiano coffee at her deposito. She told me about how much it has changed and continues to change, how there's fewer ants than there used to be in her 25 years of experience. Pues ha cambiado mucho. A veces salen a finales de marzo, durante casi todo el mes de abril de apuchitos. She says the timing of when to expect the ants has been changing drastically. She told me that a few ants come out early now at the end of March. She also has seen them come out throughout the whole month of April, but in smaller numbers. That afternoon, I went back to the tiny house with a lot of mixed feelings. On the one hand, I saw the ants. They are indeed coming out. But this is not an indication that the ants are back for good, or that they're doing well, or healthy. If anything, it has been known that before the 2000s, the culonas used to come out only once a year. But since then, there isn't one unique rainy season. There's two or three. Which means the changes to these rain cycles have changed the ants' behavior and their reproductive patterns. It takes the perfect balance of rain, sun, and humidity to signal to the queens that it is time to come out and mate. If the weather is of culture, so are the ant colonies. Another thing that's changed the ants' behavior is the expanding population around Santander. Urban centers like Bucaramanga have grown their territory and population to the point that Bucaramanga and its metropolitan area has become the fifth most populous city in Colombia. Farmland and other rural areas grew to become urban since the mid-20th century. All of this expansion forces the ants to migrate from where they used to live. When reaching out to campesinos, I kept getting messages of not being confident in the numbers, that the ants weren't coming out in enough numbers. But then I got in contact with Jorge Atuesta and Dora Esteves, a pair of campesinos who live in Barichara, about an hour and a half from San Gil, where I was staying. They told me they were lucky earlier that day in the wee hours of the morning. Esto sigue mejorando. The ants came out again. Jorge and Dora told me how they have managed to keep the tradition alive while also trying to protect the crops and farmland that the ants are living in. Jorge says this land is his personal heaven. Dora says the ants are mysterious and describes the cabezonas, which are the smaller ants that come out and work together for their queen. Ahí pues, eh, pues que las hormigas tienen su misterio. Las hormigas culonas siempre, siempre tienen como, como su, su misterio ahí. Dora then shows me how to prepare the ants the traditional way. Pues empieza como a, a, a tostar, a fuego lento, a fuego lento. Ahí she toasts and cooks the ants in the hours long process that is slow, a fuego lento, on a slow but steady fire. And after an hour, hour and a half, she then lets them cool off. And then she adds salt. As I get a waft of the salty scent, Jorge knows that, as a campesino, his relationship with ants can be complicated. Sometimes ants eat crops that he works so hard to harvest. Es para, para acabar el hormiguero, una, un, ya es un químico más avanzado. 
donde, donde ella misma introducen al hormiguero el He also knows some of his fellow campesinos use pesticides to stop the colonas from eating their crops. Jorge knows all this, but also tells me that he feels for the ants because of how much these ants can be like us. He says the ants want to build their own house, just like we do, to have a home, to continue growing their family and their offspring's offspring. As I waved goodbye to Dora and Jorge, it left me thinking. Their comparison, campesino and ant alike. In Bucaramanga, I stayed in the smaller city of Florida Blanca. And of course, like it was when I got to San Gil, I put down my bags at my Airbnb, got some food delivered, and proceeded to sleep. I had to wake up early the next day as I had an appointment to go and check out something tasty. Entrepreneur and cook Cristian Jimenez creates delicious obleas and other sweets, experimenting with flavors and textures. La oblea como tal es la tradición de la hostia, ¿sí? Eh, la oblea se consume mucho en Europa en, en sus momentos. Eh, la oblea era una galleta grande, tostada... Obleas, as he says here, actually come from Spain, from Catholicism. A version of it became a non-religious sweet snack that's usually eaten in winters there. Unlike the wafer cookie used in mass to symbolize the incarnation of the body of Christ, obleas use the same wafer cookie, but a way bigger one. Obleas combine two of them together to form kind of like a wafer cookie sandwich. The Colombian tradition goes that the filling in between the two obleas can include flavors like arequipe. You might recognize arequipe as cajeta or dulce de leche in other parts of Latin America. The filling can also be bocadillo, also known as guava candy. And among Christian's most iconic obleas is the one that he calls the Santanderianita, the dear little one from Santander. What's in it? Arequipe de café, a hint of lime, a bit of oil, and the main ingredient, hormiga culona. Qué rico. ¿Qué dice? ¿Probamos una? Sí, vamos a probarla y vamos a ver cómo se prepara. Salud. Salud. It worked. The mixture that Christian concocted had everything. The combination of these flavors is definitely for those, let's say, adventurous eaters. On the one hand, you're having the classic olea with the sweet heaven that is Arequipe. But on the other hand, you have coffee added to the Arequipe to help ease the ant's first texture on your tongue. It works. After trying the olea with hormigas, I realized that this is an oblea that combines two of the main traditions that are present in Colombia. Indigenous traditions, ant eating, and the act of eating a wafer inherited from Catholicism, a subversion and a veneration, all in a sweet dessert, with a punch. That same day, I had arranged a conversation with journalist Ruth Helbes. She's a radio producer who connected me to some of my sources, and she's reported on the Culonas before. I headed from Florida Blanca to meet her at the Café de la Luciérnaga. When we got to talking, we spoke about all of these interviews I had conducted. And in reminiscing about her own reporting about the Culonas from 2019, 
Ruth mentioned something similar to what Jorge, the campesino, said. Y ellas empiezan a desmoronar todo el hormiguero y empiezan a hacer todo su trasteo. The colonas want a soil and piece of land that is pleasant to them. And they keep moving to safer places with their families to seek tranquility, peace, to have their hand held. Y ellas lo que necesitan es simplemente una buena tierra, una tierra tranquila donde poder tener, donde puedan tener su hormiguero. The subtext is all there. The culonas are a metaphor embodied. They're one of the last links to the guane, and like the desplazados, the peoples who are displaced in Colombia wanting to have a safe place to have a home. Ruth had an idea of what the government could do about the plight of the ants. Creo que si se realiza ese tipo de propuestas que ya he visto en otros países, donde, por ejemplo, los trabajadores, los campesinos que tienen sus cultivos cerca a los parques nacionales, que aquí también tenemos parques nacionales naturales en Colombia, cuidan las especies. She thinks that the Colombian government should subsidize protected land for the ants and help subsidize the cost of crops that would be eaten by them. Then, the ants wouldn't leave their homes as easily as they have in the past few decades, and the campesinos wouldn't lose out either. I personally think it's a good idea, knowing that climate change and the settlements due to expanding populations in Santander have made the Colonas' home unsafe and unlivable. And that's why the ants have started to move from Santander to places like Antioquia. No todos los santandereanos reconocemos nuestra tradición, nuestra cultura, nuestra identidad y yo creo que si empezamos a buscar y si empezamos a, a preocuparnos por saber quiénes somos, de dónde venimos, cuáles son nuestras tradiciones, porque mi abuelita me enseñó. Some santandereanos don't even recognize the hormigas as a tradition. They ostracize it as a vestige from indigenous peoples no longer here. Why do that anymore? But Ruth makes a great point. The more we learn about ourselves, our past, our traditions, even if not wanting to adopt them, the more we'll care about them and one another. That's when she shows me a picture she had gotten earlier via WhatsApp. I had also been forwarded the same picture from two separate people. It was a woman selling hormigas culonas in Medellín, in the Departamento de Antioquia which is about 300 miles away from the heart of where the ants usually appear. But Ruth told me this has been happening more frequently too, even over at one of the most important frontier towns of Colombia with Venezuela, Cúcuta. Hemos visto hormigas culonas en Cúcuta, que para Cúcuta también es muy extraño. También sabemos que muchas hormigas han hecho sus nidos en Medellín, que de Bucaramanga a Medellín, Hay un trayecto de 9-10 horas también sin mucho tráfico. The ants are definitely migrating. So is their commerce. I went to Colombia to search for ants, and while I saw some, a great number of them have migrated. They are looking for shelter, just like the people are. I, for one, don't want these ants gone. And I sincerely hope that the Colombian government and the people of Santander will do everything in their power to have these ants flourish and thrive in the land that they have inhabited for centuries, way before we were even a country. But, you know, if they're gone, in the end, like everything else we lose, they will need to be remembered and honored and told stories about. 
My trip left me feeling like I want to protect this place, this country, just in the way these ants need to keep adapting to and feeling safe. And like my grandma, mi abuela Sara says, Lo que he aprendido ha sido para mi propio beneficio y para el beneficio de mi familia, de mis hijas. She has learned what she has gathered in her life for her benefit and the benefit of her family. And she's grateful for that reminder. And this feeling of gratitude carries her forward. Even if she doesn't like the ants, she does care for her family. And like the ants seeking shelter, she migrated like them, trying to make a life somewhere else in the hopes of safety. I remember where she's from, and I will remember her when she's gone in the future. Tengo una gran familia. Y sé que he sembrado. Y esta siembra es para siempre. Mis hijas han recibido de mí un poco de sabiduría. El resto de la sabiduría la tienen que extractar ellas, igual mis nietos. I have a great family, she says, and I know what I have sowed, and this harvest is forever. My daughters have received from me a bit of wisdom. The rest of their wisdom, they will have to find themselves. Same goes for my grandchildren. I'm slowly finding out the rest of that wisdom my grandma mentions through the stories I tell about the ants and all their connections to my home country and to her heritage. And through these memories of the Guane and of Colombia, I begin to recognize how much I was able to learn and all I will need to remember for the generations that will come after me. Like I'll remember my family, the great family she mentions. Like I will remember the mountains in the Andes and the landscape of the Cañón de Chicamocha and the wisdom we can gather from them. In the way I weave this story akin to the Guane weaving their cotton blankets. Like they told stories and ate hormigas culonas. I am proud of finding out how much these hormigas like us Colombians, share a need for safety, protection, and a home. We deserve it. If you like Proof, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop. And while you're there, why not leave us a rating or write us a review? It really helps other people find the show. This episode of Proof is hosted by me, Kevin Pang, and the podcast is made by the following cast of characters. I'm Yumi Araki, the managing producer. I'm executive producer Caitlin Kelleher. I'm Terrence Johnson, and I'm the associate producer. I'm Alex Curran Cartarelli, and I'm also an associate producer. I'm Vanessa Bartlett, and I'm the production intern. I'm Bridget Lancaster, creator and the founding host and producer. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton, Chester Gwazda, and Anya Gzeshik of Ultraviolet Audio. Brian Campbell of Signal Sounds Composer Theme Music, additional music by Cal Forster and Jordan Pearson. Ken Margolis is our director of post-production, and our director of production is Diane Knox. Fact-checking and additional research by Angela Yang. 
Special thanks to Carol Sue Michalizio, Beth Foster, and Claire Breen for pushing Camilo to pursue this story. And of course, gracias to Camilo's abuela, Sera Boorques, for her beraquera, a.k.a. her onwards and upwards attitude towards everything in life. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen and David Nussbaum is America's Test Kitchen's CEO. Thanks to our sponsors, Kohler, OXO, Safisana, Sengoku, and Veroni. Proof is a production of America's Test Kitchen. 